Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Cheap Seats, which is your Premier League podcast. We talk all things Premier League. We talk everything that needs to be spoken about. And there's a certain team that seems to be recurring um, in, in our podcast. And it's not because we some of us support that team. It's just we like it when bad news happens because bad news is great news and it gives us content. So uh, welcome to the Cheap Seats. We call ourselves the Cheap Seats because we sit at the top of the stadium and then we will opine, we will argue, we will tell you that even the coach is getting it wrong. And that's what it is. That's what the show is all about. So please do like, subscribe and follow us. Um, uh, all our, uh, what, oh, well, Instagram or, no, no. It is it's all our Instagram and our X and Twitter handles are, are there. But also please do subscribe to the One World Sports Radio channel. The show is sponsored by uh, Classic Shirts ZA. And so Apple and Spotify do, these days. Please do <laughs> um, uh, f- follow them, Classic Shirts um, ZA, on the Instagram and Twitter pages. But also look for the cheap seats on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts. We've got an audio version for those who tend to drive in traffic. Um, or if you're in Europe, do the whole metro situation there. That's kind of awkward. Or Dean, so- who has a Vespa. How <laughs> 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 do you listen to podcasts in your Vespa, dude? <laughs> and you just put the one AirPod in, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. You see, just like Dean. So, because we're sponsored by Classic Shirts today, every time we start with the shirt of the week. So, well, he'd look away. Um, our friends at Classic Shirts can acquire a certain Brighton home oh. kit that you would, <laughs> that if you are a Brighton supporter after watching them beat Manchester United for like the third time in a row at home or away, we are at Old Trafford, you know, you might want to acquire a certain American Express um, kit. I like it, Dean. I think it's a, it works. Even the whole sponsorship thing works, and it's Brighton. And we'll talk about Brighton later, but mm. yeah. The funniest thing about the... their sponsor, American Express, is that uh, it's a credit card, and uh, if you look at Man United's balance sheet, all our all our players are bought with a company credit card, and we currently owe 300 million pounds uh, on player acquisitions because we can't pay for <laughs> any of them, and we've been swiping the company card left, right, and center. Yeah, well, you need to find someone at Brighton because they've been swiping that company card and they're getting some value um, there. So if you're a new Brighton supporter um, because they beat Manchester United, please do go and check out the guys at Classic Shirts today. Use our discount code CheapSeats99 to let them know that we sent you. Um, moving on from that, let's get into the business of the day. We're back from international break and Manchester United were still on some sort of a break because still United <laughs> because Brighton ended up doing the things that we didn't expect. But anyway, um, what, what do you mean and- you didn't expect it? Come on, come come on! Not not one bit. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you in there, cut in there, mm-hmm. but not one bit of that was unexpected. Every single one of those goals we saw Man United concede, we've seen them concede the season before, and nothing about that result should have surprised anybody who's watched Man United this season or actually from from March. Since the Carabao yeah. Cup final, nothing about that game should have surprised anybody. So it was not unexpected. That was completely and utterly expected. At Old Trafford. Because that's, that's the bro, thing, That's right? the part that I'm like, oof. 
Yes, yeah. because the button. But it's, been, but, it's been, but it's been coming. But it's been. But it's been coming. So mm. I, I know that I know that our home form has generally been quite good, mm -hmm. and it's been our saving grace because our away form is just that bad. And we, we I think we haven't been a top half team in like a year away from home or something. Or some, mm. Something ridiculous. I I don't remember the exact stat, but something as ridiculous as that. But that is bound to start affecting the home results. You can't have this. You can't have this complete dichotomy between your results, where you like that bad away from home and that good at home. So it was bound to happen. This this wasn't this this isn't a surprise, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who follows this team. Yes, and that is true. However, it creates a big problem because you have a new manager. Okay, newish. Is he I don't new? know how you want to call That's him. the thing. Is he new? Do we still consider <laughs> and, Ten Hag new? And and you've won a trophy with him, and it's been great. But all of a sudden, this result and all the news happening around Manchester United kind of give us an indication that things are not well. Where? What does this result tell you, Wahid, about Manchester United? Or is it? No, we've been like this, and it's. It's it's it. Is it or is it telling saying to you that this guy's not it? So I want I want to start by saying that I'm not Ten Hog out. I still I still really back the manager and I and I think that mm -hmm. he's done a very good job with the tools he's been dealt. And let's 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 not like beat around the bush. He hasn't been dealt a good hand by by those above him. Yes, he spent money, but he hasn't been dealt a good hand. And the stuff he's had to deal with in his first twelve months, no manager should have to deal with with all that amount of off field drama. This is this is not a manager who's a suit and tie manager. He seems to be a tracksuit manager. He seems to be doing his best work when on the training ground, you know, like setting out roles for players, improving players individually. We've we've seen players improve. We've seen players like Juan Bissaka really improve. We've seen players like Marcus Rashford really really improve under this manager, and that seems to be where he's doing his best work. He's had to deal with a mountain of issues. Ronaldo, Greenwood, Sancho, now Anthony. All this off-field drama, the sale slash non-sale of the club. Um, all, all of this sort of thing in a very short period of time. So is is Ten Hag um, on thin ice? I don't I don't actually think so. And and yes, we won a trophy, but I'd like to liken this to Arteta's first couple months at Arsenal insofar as that he might have won the FA Cup, which sort of like... Mm it over the cracks for Arteta, but his league form wasn't great, and Arsenal backed yeah. him. Arsenal backed him in an eighth-place finished, and an eighth-place finished, and a fifth-place finished, and now they're sort of seeing the 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 benefits of 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 what they've done, and, and biding their time, and backing the manager, and backing the project. And we could say that we should just wait it out for Man United, but the problem at Man United is waiting it out isn't going to happen without structural change at the top, and we saw that at Arsenal. We saw Arsenal do good work off the field, and put structural to help this manager, and back the manager in his the decisions he wanted to make. Yes, yes Man United have backed um, uh, Ten Hag in some of the decisions, like De Gea, like Ronaldo, that sort of thing, but he needs to be backed fully the same way Arteta was. When Arteta said that it was Wizzle out, it was Wizzle out, or Aubameyang out, and he said that he couldn't work with these type of players and he wanted a younger core to move forward. And United need to do that. United need to back the manager's plan and vision for this club. Mm. And, and as much as I think that they have spent money, I don't think they've backed him fully. And uh, I, I think that I think that it's also it's also two pronged because I'll speak to I'll speak to some of it in, in so far as I think that okay, let's let's enough. stop there for now but, but and I talk about the back. Given him too much power because uh, sorry, 
I think that they've given him too much power because mm-hmm. we shouldn't be in a situation where every single transfer target is a manager's transfer target. I read something on The Athletic to say that the only transfers we've signed under Ten Hag, mm-hmm. which weren't Ten Hag targets, were Mason Mount and Rasmus Hoyland. Those were identified by the scouting department and put forward based on analysis and data analytics and that sort of thing to say that these players would fit the vision of Man United. And those are the only ones he rubber-stamped where it wasn't his player from his agency or having previously worked with him or that sort of thing. But you can't have it both ways, right? So you can't say you need to back the manager, but two out of the, I don't know how many players he signed, are effectively his, right? Um, is it is it a situation where you're saying that if they, and you speak to the whole credit card situation earlier, if, let's say, they allowed him to get any player that he wanted, he would have gotten different players and wouldn't have been that IX core that we've seen because money was no option was no object. Kind of like the whole Declan Rice with Arsenal thing. It was, we're going to pay the 110 regardless, right? Yep. Do, is it that, or is it, it was, it, it ended up being, it ended up, for, so So are you saying that Ten Hag was forced to kind of find these cheap options out of Ajax that he's had relationships with, rather than necessarily going out and getting a Valverde in, in, it's, in, it's an in, interesting in, in question. It's an interesting question because I, th- I think there's, I think there's, a, it's, it's a very nuanced situation, and, and and I don't think we'll even know exactly what's going on unless we're sitting in those boardroom meetings. But I think Ole had a Ole had a had a interview with the Athletic today in which he said that uh, the board cap you cap cap the manager at three major signings for summer, and. Okay. Um, and he struggled to work within that, and he said he didn't want to. He didn't want to go more into that, but but they cap every manager at three major signings, which means that the turnover of the squad probably isn't fast enough to fit the ideals of any manager. Um, and Ole is just speaking from fir- first-hand experience, and I, I'll go. I can, I can talk for hours about how much I miss Ole, but. Um, but but the fact of the matter is that I, th- I think that it's a it's a it's another thing that to be considered is that Ole had significant problems with um with the the squad which came out in today's mm. interview in which he said that there's certain players that um were very much modern prima donnas in to okay. to to, par- to paraphrase him and I think that one of the things Ten Hag needed to do was to get people into that dressing room who respected him and respected his authority and. Um, I think he didn't want to fall into the same situation as Ole, where Ole um, was struggling with players. Where if he left them out, it was a it was a, a big cry to the media. And I think Ten Hag has gone down the down the path of these are my warriors, these are the players who respect me, and these are the players who will fight for me on the pitch, who will be my yeah. lieutenants on the pitch. But that is fine for one transfer window. It, it can't be like that forever. It it has to be sort of like okay, I'll get this core of players in who are going to respect me and will burn and 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 respect my position as manager, who are not going to cry to the media, who will be my warriors on the field. But after that, we need to build around that core and we need to have a better talent ID instead of just players who played for Ten Hag or played in the Eredivisie. So I don't think Ten Hag is faultless, but I don't think all the fault lies at his door. However, I will say that this far, so, so far this season, he's been very tactically short because I don't mm. think that using the tools at his disposal very well and that hole in the midfield is his fault you 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 don't need that kind of chasm in the midfield considering the players you have explain that so you don't need that chasm in the midfield considering the players you have because i think of fred and i know he needed to be moved on from 
but you never got a replacement for him. Unless if you assume Mason Mount would have been that replacement. Which you assume is... Mason Mount or Amrabat um, would be that replacement for him. But I think that the system has been very, very, um, I, I want to say naive insofar mm. as that he's looking at, he's looking to be this transitional team. And I've talked about it before on the, on the podcast. He wants to be this best transitional team in the world. And yes, so far the attacking transitions are actually very good and are probably just short of some some good decisions in the final third or a little bit of clinical behavior in the in the final mm. third the problem is on the defensive uh, transitions in in so far as that the team is trying so hard to press high which seems to be his obsession at the moment to press to, to press extremely high which has left this hole in midfield I think it just needs a little bit of tweaking in so far as that you don't need to press so high all the time with some players who don't necessarily play press that well. Like Marcus Rash is not a good presser of the ball. He can do a job at pressing, but he's not a very good presser. So when and... he's when he's stationed that high up the field, yeah. it's starting to leave a fullback exposed. It's starting to leave Casemiro exposed and it's leaving a very big uh, hole in the field. If you want to be the best transitional team in the world, you have to be the best transitional team, both attacking and defending. And so far, he's doing well in the attacking transitions, but extremely badly in the defensive transitions. And that's that's on the manager. That's not on anybody mm. else. That's the, that's the way he's setting out his team. Teams with, with lesser players and less talent are doing better in defensive transitions than Man United, and that's not acceptable. Brighton's team on the day, Brighton's team, 11 for 11, was nowhere near as good and talented as Man United's team. And that's where my my, my, my thing comes in, Dean, is that I looked at both squads, and yes, based on current form, you'd be like, fine, yeah, um, Brighton were going to win or they were going to get something out of Old Trafford. But from an X's and O's, like, He's they've been like Manchester have been horrible. Like and 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 you can't hide it. And like how much more can it be that it's the guys above him, uh, above Ten Hag and and all the stuff that's happening in the club rather than necessarily the dude. The one thing we know you can do is be the tracksuit manager, is what he says. X's and O's. At least get that right with the eleven that you can put on the field. Because Man United's eleven can rival every other team in the league. Bar, let's say, Tottenham, not, not Tottenham. They, they, they have it. a better level than Tottenham. <laughs> Sorry. Bar, <laughs> no, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Manchester City. And, and I'd say that, and, and I'd say that on paper, we, no, I'd, I'd say on paper, we, 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 we can match on paper, we can match Liverpool and Newcastle. Yeah. Like, just let's call a spade a spade. Our players are just as good as those, new, uh, as those Newcastle, or probably better than the Newcastle players, and just as good as the Liverpool players on paper. The problem is, football games aren't won on paper. But then why isn't Ten Hag doing his job, Dean? My thing would be to him is just do your job. We keep saying on paper, and I like we can go into the details, but I also just to touch on a few things where he said, like, I don't think Ten Hag is really helping himself with his sort of way that he's dealing with some of these issues at the club. Like he's he's coming off quite sort of prickly Mm. in these press conferences, particularly about the Sancho situation, like kind of just saying it's it is what it is and he's sort of happy to train and kind of avoiding the question it's just it's sort of raising more questions than than giving answers and understand that the greenwood and the um anthony situation is completely out of his hands but there are situations that are Mm. in his hands which feels like he's getting wrong so if we have a look at the on pitch like taking off hoyland for marshall in the middle of the of the game when you're losing immediately and you the, the fans reacted quite 
vocally about it. It was booing straight away because how Marshall is not the kind of guy that you need to be bringing on. But what else are you going to do? And Hoyland's maybe not at full match fitness. But then, you know, the same thing is rather maybe try to keep him on or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed like a premeditated plan, but sometimes your premeditated, you know, like it was almost like Rasmus, you have 60 minutes because you're not 100%, yeah. but sometimes your premeditated plans just need to be tweaked in game. And I said that after the game, I said that so far this season, the in game management has been shocking. And like, he, let's all the other thing where he, the in, and he the brushed it off. Well, he, before you go, before you go further, there's this <laughs> one other thing that irritated me, but it's something I picked up. He likes to substitute his, both his center backs if things aren't going well. It was weird. Even against Arsenal, he I understand the whole Lissandra might be injured, might be not. I don't think he was injured. I was just surprised that he came off. But then you take off the other centre-back and you sit there going, dude, what are you trying to do? And he did that last season a couple of times uh, where he'd take Lissandra and Varane off. And, yeah, and it creates a know, bit of defensive instability. And it speaks to Louis van Gaal's uh, second season. Louis van Gaal in his second season had this habit of changing his fullbacks on 65 minutes every single game. And nobody could understand why you have these premeditated <laughs> substitutions where you're yeah. changing your fullbacks for absolutely no reason. You're chasing a game and you're changing like Paddy McNair for Donald Love is what uh, what um, <laughs> Louis van Gaal's change used to be. And I remember sitting there, we were playing Stoke, and I'm thinking, what the hell are you doing, my Tom? And now it's exactly the same. You're putting on Johnny mm. Evans, and you and, and, and Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire to finish a game against Arsenal. Um, to get a draw. To get, to get a, draw, a draw, not to finish a game. Yeah, to, 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 to get a draw against Arsenal. And, I mean, that is not, like... That is not just that's just not a smart move. That's you rather keep on an eighty percent fit Lissandro and put on an attacking player or put on some, someone else. And again, I sat there baffled by the decision. Uh, so again, I've, I've talked about the fact that this manager seems infallible in some Man United players, uh, some Man United fans' eyes. But we really have to ask questions of the in-game management. But then also the one thing about this weekend that really surprised me is it's not even a full-strength Brighton team that United. Yeah. Played. You know, they they had, <laughs> they had six changes. They had opinion on the bench. Ferguson's on the bench. Not even on the bench. Solly opinion March. wasn't even on the squad. No, it wasn't even in the squad. Solly March didn't play or didn't start. So you also have a look at the United side and you're like, okay, United's got injuries, fair. But Brighton also have injuries and also didn't play their strongest 11. Which also Can we talk says- about those injuries? Because again, those injuries yeah. don't seem to be a random part of Man United's... Um, like problems at the moment when you have that many muscle injuries if a guy breaks his leg unlucky if he tears his acl unlucky but when you have that many muscle injuries it speaks to a problem it speaks to a big problem in either the training Mm. or the nutrition or the physio or something or the next that many muscle injuries all at the same time speak to a bigger problem what's up with the fitness of these players are they being managed correctly is their training load correct i mean like it, it's 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 actually that simple. There's there, there should be sports scientists managing how quickly and how close these guys are to muscle injuries, and that just speaks to mismanagement off the field. You can't have this many muscle injuries all at the same yeah. time. So how do you fix this? Where do we get to a point where we can say, um, how like can he fix this? Because the way I'm looking at this right now, I look at United's next fixtures and I'm like Bayern Munich. Oh my lord. Um, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Harry Kane is yeah, going to be having a, gonna be a field there. Um, 
and we're going there with five five defenders in total. We're going with uh, um, and one of them I is Regulon. <laughs> yeah, Regulon, Regulon, who I thought would be a disaster. He was the best, best performing best player, player on the field on uh, on Saturday afternoon, which again says a lot that your the third choice yeah. first left back is your and, best performing yeah. player. And then um, you've got Burnley, you've got Crystal Palace, you have them it's again. A fi- it's a fairly okay run. And Brentford. Yeah. And yeah. Actually, so I looked at the run and thought this is an okay run to try and sort this out. Um, that Burnley Palace Palace three fixture mm. prong is decent enough to try and get some players back and get some stability without like a big fixture looming in which you might get thrashed around the park and laughed at. So it's all about going back to basics, getting it right, getting the defensive structure right, and getting this all purring. I think Amrabat's going to be key in terms of getting the def- defensive structure, defensive transition structure right. I will caveat that by saying what I've read from a lot of journals is that Amrabat was flagged by Man United scouts as not being good enough for the Premier League, and Ten Hag pushed that signing, and Ten Hag pushed that signing over. Man United scouts to this day don't believe that Amrabat will be good enough to play in England. And that is why the club made him sign a loan with an option to buy rather than obligation or straight out uh, signing. The club don't think he's going to be very good. But then doesn't this speak to a little bit more drama in and around the manager's office and how the manager's handling all of these things? Because also with the whole him wanting Greenwood back, and people are not happy about that. Um, and then all of these signings through his agent and all these stories. Is there something else that is going to be bubbling over in the next couple of months to the point where if this run does continue or it's it's a stuttering of a season and you find yourselves in November staring in, in, in the place where Chelsea was in 11th and, and, so and staring up the table. I think I think that Ten Hag, remember, remember when we were when we were looking for a new manager, the the mm. The slogan from all the journals was that Ten Hag interviewed Man United as much as Man United interviewed Ten Hag. And I think that a lot of promises were made to this manager in terms of control over what he wants to do and how he wants to go about it. But that might be the noose that he has to hang himself by in the end. If he's been given this much control, he needs to perform to the level of control he's been given over the incomings. Um Yes, Man United aren't good at a lot of things. And yes, there, there needs to be structural changes off the field. But I, I don't think we can fault them in terms of how much control he's been given over those yeah. signings. Um, yes, I don't think he's been backed fully. I don't think he's been given all the tools he wanted. But he's been given enough tools to be better than this. And I, and I think that that is probably part of the promises that were made to him to be uh, um, along the lines of he will be backed to sign his players, etc., etc. He probably looked at the scouting department and thought these guys are rubbish. Well, we'll find out with Sophie and Amrabat. <laughs> but the biggest concern is if Burnley does beat you, then yes, what? we'll be back next week talking. Then ten hog out. No, I, I, I wanted I to put ten, him on. I wouldn't be ten. Watch. I would. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be ten hog out for uh for for quite a while. And I think he's bought himself. I think he's got enough credit in the bank to not be ten hog out. However, there are concerns, many concerns around the club, around the manager, around certain players. Like you guys, just just look 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 at our players. Like like Lisandro and Casemiro look like a shadow of the players they were last season. And so much of Man United's success, or I don't use success because mm. by Man United's like well, standards, the Champions it was, League acquisition, yeah. well, the ability to make it into Champions League was. I, I think by Man United standards, 
by Man United's historical standards, last season wasn't a success, but by Man United's current standards, last season was a roaring success. So, <laughs> but much of Man United's recent, like m- m- much of what we've achieved last season was based, was was around, centered around those two and the defensive, mm. defensive structure they could give us. And they've been rubbish this season. Casemiro yeah. looks overweight and rubbish and Lissandra looks like he's really struggling to come back from that injury. So we'll have to see how if if those two turn it around at some point, I, th- I think that will 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 be in a much better situation. But I think that Casemiro needs help, and I think that Amrabat was signed to help Casemiro out a little bit because I think that his leg I I, yeah, I don't want to use the word legs are gone, but he looks like his legs are gone. <laughs> we've but got it's this a, oak, no, no, but, we've, but it's, we've got this oak on three hundred k. We've got this oak on three hundred k a week till he's thirty five. <laughs> But you spoke about the pressing player, right? And I think having having had a Fred there next to him helped him a lot because Fred covered a lot of the deficiencies that Marcus couldn't um, do on or, the left. Or not, like I think 80% of our good games last season came with a midfield three of Ericsson, Bruno, mm. and uh, mm. Casemiro. The Fred thing was always late in the game, and by March, he was almost shut out of the team. He barely played from March yeah. onwards. So um, mm. it's not a Fred thing. It's more... Casemiro's legs gone, Eriksson's legs gone. Man United have given you big did, contracts to but, aging players. Well, he, you did say you did say buying a 31-year-old midfielder out of Real Madrid past his prime. I said this. People, people laughed at me. The Man this United groups were laughing. All the over Man again. United fan groups where I'm on were laughing at me when I said this is a bad piece of business. And I said Bastion it at the time. He was, he was a good player for one, for for 12 months, which we couldn't even get out of Basti. But uh, but we, remember, we paid nothing for Basti. We paid yeah. 70 million pounds for this oak. Yeah. Now that's oh, so much to talk about on that club of yours. But anyway, let's look at the other team. The other team that was purring, they were roaring, they were running <laughs> as the Old Trafford was the Amex. Actually, <laughs> pretty much turned it into the Amex because this team made six changes. Preparing for Europa League on Thursday, their first ever game in Europe. And they were, oh, Robert, Roberto De Zerbi just had them purring. Oh, my word. But um, we've heard the words Manchester United. Dean... The thing for me with Brighton, and I look at them, and the question is, are they legit top six contenders? And the legit part is, can they sustain this for the next couple of years? We understand that Newcastle can do that because they've got the financial muscle to necessarily continue this thing, and they're trying to build a Manchester City. But Brighton don't have that. Brighton are effectively look like Southampton when Southampton had Mane and Graziano Pele and all these wonderful players sure. that everyone kept on buying from, right? And Southampton are now in in the championship. championship yep. You can also talk about Leicester. Same thing, right? Similar type of thing. Leicester always found these defensive midfielders out of nowhere. Um, well, they found, um, what is it, um, Golo Kante, um, even before France even knew who he was. So how many seasons are you giving them? Or Because now they're in Europe, and we've seen teams in Europe who break into the top six, and then they'll struggle in the league. These guys are not struggling in the league. Obviously, we'll find out because Europe starts this week. But how is that, you know, are they legit? I think they are. They will remain as long as the Zerbi is there. That's how long they'll Mm. remain legit That for, pretty much. I think that guy is an unbelievable coach, and he's got the players playing exactly the way he wants. Um, they understand what they need to do, where they need to be, and you can just see it. It's and to the point. It's not even just the starting eleven. He can chuck on some 
He benched Ansu Fati. He made six changes. Benched Ansu Fati. You can bring Ansu Fati, Estepinian, whatever you want, and the guys can still can still rock a three-one win against United. And it's it just talks to how good he is. But I think Brighton are at a point where they kind of need to decide: are they a selling club now, or are they going to sort of put together a team that can sustain this going forward? Because with the likes of a Matoma and a Solly March, Evan Ferguson, pl- players like that, and fine if they had kept Casado, you could probably put him in that in that sort of bracket. If they keep those kinds of players, those are players that are good now and will remain good for the next five, mm. six, seven years. And if you take that that sort of club on a sort of run, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the, the Premier League, but if you can go and achieve success in some sort of domestic cup or have a decent run in Europa League, something like that, I think it starts the building blocks of Europe mm. becoming a, a, a club that's sort of staying and not, and not going anywhere. Unfortunately, it does look like they're going down the sort of selling club route from what I can see with the sort of sales that they're making, like a Casado, Cucurella, even signing Ansu Fati. Like I know he was linked with Spurs, but he's literally using Brighton as a training ground for a year because he's going back yeah, to Barcelona. Yeah, an audition, yeah. He's literally an audition. So it does talk to sort of some of the, as a Brighton fan, you're absolutely enjoying it now, but it does, it would raise some concerns for me as a Brighton fan if my club was just kind of for the here I find and now. It quite funny. I find it quite funny because obviously last year um, Leeds got acquired by the 49ers group and Leeds got relegated. And I said they're going, but if these Americans actually had done their due diligence, they would have gotten Brighton at a steal and they would have probably been able to actually maintain this thing and even give them the injection they needed to stop this whole selling vibe because this idea of we can rebuild midfields, strike uh, forward lines and defensive lines comes to an end. Look at all the other teams that we spoke about, right? Because yeah. you can't always, you know, you can't always find gems. Yes, <laughs> you're going to find the flop at some point. Yeah. Yes, um, and 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 for me, that's that that's the thing is that I know everyone was talking about Liverpool being bought, and I know Leeds got bought, and everyone was talking about Manchester United. But if I'm a Qatari investor, it's Brighton. It has to be Wahid. It has to be Brighton. You can build. With Deserby and that scouting department, pay them all the money in the world and but I run the this owner's thing. name. Their, their owner, their, their owner has changed that club from a club who, I think, at one point were ousted from their own stadium. They didn't have a stadium. And they had to play <laughs> yes, at like yes, a local yes. stadium um, where it wasn't even like a real football stadium. He's built them a stadium. He's changed the club. So I don't, I don't. He's not in this for vanity project like a Qatari or Saudi investor would be. He's in it like to to make this club brilliant which which mm. he's done perf- perfectly and he's got on the off-field stuff so right and uh it's, it's testament to to an owner who who actually cares about about what he's doing yeah. with the football club and uh I, I don't think i don't think Qatar could offer him enough money for him to want to sell this project of his at the moment um and w- one thing i want to say about brighton is that i'd like to see how those players do outside of brighton because most of those most of the s- sales were done this summer and mm. so far, we, we, we've seen a bit of hit and miss. We've seen Kukurea sort of be rubbish. Um, Trossard hasn't been at Arsenal long enough, but he's doing quite well. Uh, McAllister hasn't started his uh, Liverpool career that well. So ben I'd White's like done to see well at how... Arsenal. Ben, ben White has done well at Arsenal, but I'd like to see how Kaiseido these players like, guys, terrible. like Kaiseido do outside <laughs> of Brighton. Because we've seen that with other clubs like, like Borussia Dortmund and Ajax. Mm. And so far as those players don't necessarily always do that well outside of the bubble from, from those 
development clubs like Dortmund mm. and um, and Ajax. And we, we, we've seen Ajax players struggle outside of Ajax. We've seen Donny struggle. We've seen De Ligt um, struggle initially. We've seen Frankie de Jong struggle initially outside of those bubbles. We've seen other players just completely disappear, uh, the Ajax players who left. Um, mm. And then we've seen the same from Dortmund. We've seen Nuri Shaheen, who was a star there. We've seen Götze, who was a star there. We've seen Shinji Kagawa, who was a star there. All sort of unable or Mikitarian, unable to cut the mustard mm-hmm. elsewhere. So I'd like to see just how well these Brighton players get on outside of the Brighton bubble. Yeah, it, it's it is something, but they still do perform for Brighton. And for me that's the that's the key thing, right? Is if they can keep the Zerbi, if they can keep the scouting department, the question is you can't always be selling your best player every year yeah. unless you know and, and to a certain extent, like you're speaking about these players becoming dads outside. If Brighton understand that they only work in Brighton and they can always find these players who can work in a Brighton system, then selling guys for 80, 60 million becomes uh, something that they've discovered that we haven't been able to because they keep on selling dads to the market. Um, but somehow they keep on finding these players that work. Just, just remember, Deserby is doing really well right now but you speak to italian football fans and they they have a very different opinion of deserbi i think in his first two jobs in italy or, or his last two jobs in italy he averaged yeah. like less than 30 percent win rates he went to Shakhtar, did really well in basically an uncontested league and is now doing all right at brighton so again deserbi is doing well in the brighton bubble but put 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 deserbi in charge of man united or Tottenham or Arsenal and I'd like to see how he copes he could just be another Graham Potter Graham Potter was phenomenal in the Brighton yeah. bubble and couldn't hack it outside the Brighton bubble so Tozobi mm. is doing a phenomenal job at 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 his current um, club I'm not mm. sure that that translates to a big six club and uh, we'll see one day because I'm sure you carry on this well and and you'll get a shot of the big time one way or the next and we'll see whether it actually translates because he did awfully in Italy so we're just yes, saying there's something in the air down on the south coast. That just no, we, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think it's the air. I think I think, I think when you go into those clubs, uh, in, into those clubs, Ajax, uh, Southampton at the time, uh, Borussia Dortmund, it's all so structured around the sporting project that you put a player mm. into a player or manager or coach into that sporting project. Everything is um, is so structured around it that it sort of protects them within that bubble and they can perform to the best of their ability within that bubble. Take them outside of that bubble and it's not always like plain sailing outside that bubble. Yeah. Look at Kukurea. Look at Caicedo. It's not plain sailing outside of that bubble. Okay. So, so we are not going to be swapping sorry, sorry, to Zerbi for Ten Hag. You just also need to remember that the spotlight at the top six in England is very different to everybody else. But you Big Ange is handling the spotlight well. You you screw up at Spurs, like Nuno experienced, or you screw up at Arsenal, or Man United. Man United is completely different because of the soap opera that it is, and and etc. Yeah. So you, 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 you need to look at Man United as a separate entity as compared to the other top six. But even at the other top six, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, the spotlight on those managers is so intense as compared to Brighton. Zerbi loses four-one to Newcastle next week. Nobody says a, nobody says a thing. Like yeah. they don't care. Well, they lost three one to West Ham, and you yeah, they lost three one to West Ham. No, no, nobody notices. You shrug your shoulders. You move on. Man United or Spurs or Arsenal lose three one to West Ham. It's crisis stations for a club like that. Mm, yeah, um, and which is why I'm not ready to consider them legit toxic contenders because of that, right? Because 
like next week they can literally lose to whomever they're playing next week like with that West Ham loss, we all sat there going, okay, then maybe it was just fool's gold. You know, they, they, they caught fire in, 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 in a month and, and that's it. So, okay. The jury's still out well, on well, Roberto. Let's just see. So yes. they play Bournemouth this weekend. Then they got that's an easy Villa, Villa away, Liverpool at home, City away. So, and that's, that's three losable games. Eh? Yes. That's three and losable games. Villa, Villa, Liverpool, yeah. City. Yeah. And also Bournemouth because because they're coming oh. they're playing Bournemouth on the Sunday after Europa League so so that's the other the thing See, around first time they ever handle. Europe so. yes well we've got a lot of first time ever Europe teams or first time in a while Europe teams so tell us how it up. feels to be a first time <laughs> Europe in a while and poor <laughs> <laughs> oh my word I'm so excited and I'm even watching what you tonight Champions tomorrow League night through. I'm working tonight. I don't know. What else. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about Champions League, right? Is that it's I've been starved of because ever since Arsenal left Champions League, I'll watch the big games. I don't want to just watch random games. Last night I found myself watching that Newcastle AC Milan oh. game just because we're in you the we're in the, the in the elite <laughs> round. <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah. one of these boys. I got to watch all the games now. I play in this competition. <laughs> I gotta check out my competition, you know. I gotta check out the opponents. But to close it out, we've got a it big feels one. Like this we, but Man United in the Champions Field League, like I swear, I feel like Rick was in the in the Curry Cup. Like <laughs> nobody cares about me. I'm making up the numbers here. Look, I'm so afraid of what Harry Kane's going to do to you. I am so scared, and I'm the just best, hoping I'm very excited. Best, it out. The best and most amazing things in life will happen to you. If you just lower your expectations. <laughs> Watch Manchester United win 1-0 and like Casemiro yeah. scored. And <laughs> but yeah. To be honest, okay. watching Kane cry, I won't be upset if Kane starts crying. So chill. No, I don't think Kane's gonna cry. Oh come on, Dean. He's a Spurs legend, dude. He did yeah. he did he he did everything the right way. He left the right way, he didn't go to a rival. Alex's a legend for yeah, your club. We got a we got Levy announced last night that we've got a buyback clause. So now everyone's like, Okay, cool, man's coming back in four years. Let's go. <laughs> like I read that and I was like, I don't want Kane at thirty three or thirty four coming back. It makes oh, no man, sense. Oh man, you listen, listen, Dean. Take it, take it from a guy who signed an ex at 37 years old. <laughs> Don't go down that route. Do not go down that route. It look, turns out well for nobody. Look, Wahid, they brought back Gareth Bale. Yeah. Jeez, so... I even forgot about that. Jeez, like... <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, Dean. Dean, last one before we go. Ange's big first North London derby away at Arsenal. He is the underdog. Can you do it? Can we do it? Yes. Will we do it? Mm. I'll walk away with a draw. If you offered me a draw on the table right now, I'll take it and walk away. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of how our season has gone so far, we've played really well. Like I don't mm. think anyone can deny that. Um, the way that we are going to set up is quite scary, judging on the way Arsenal could attack us. Um, very open. And if uh, Saka, depending on Martinelli's injury, see how that He's goes. Up. Don't worry about so, it. We've got Trossard. Yeah, we've got Trossard and Saka. If he plays in Ketio or Jesus, I don't know who's going to play through the middle. But 
it'll be interesting to say see how our new system sort of matches up against like a real top team like we're not going to count united as one of the top teams that we that we face so far this season so the inverted <laughs> fullbacks and the youth is going to be interesting mm. to see but i uh, it is one of the probably i'd say in the last three years one of the first north london derbies that i'm like okay we it'll be fun to watch like i'm not scared to to watch it so i'm just glad harry kane is not on the other side because he's he was always inevitable um i'm so happy he's gone um i'm worried about son i think if you play son as a nine it could be quite interesting um i think we will it's, the richarlison situation is quite weird uh but i think Ange can get him under his wing and he can become a better player um and i assume he did because the way he played over the weekend i was like oh okay cool maybe Ange did give him a phone call to tell him everything is fine um the thing for me is the unknown factor of tottenham right you don't know to what degree Ange ball has been ingrained in tottenham right because to a certain extent you can also wait on us let us have the ball and 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 take that defensive pressure but i don't know if you if you can i think we have the players to do it yeah that's um because because i i think basuma and papisa in the middle of the midfield are going to work hard they're runners they're going to stop everything they're going to they're going to cause a lot of problems there the question obviously is how, when the ball gets past them can your back four do it but I, on my end it's just like dude it's the first north london derby and i'm expecting arsenal to win like it's it's <laughs> not a situation where no because even last season i go to north london derbies and i'm like we on paper were better than them, but they've got this guy named Harry Kane. They have Son. They can defensively have a, def a coach who is known for his defense, right? So he can conjure up things to hold the pressure, right? And and then attack you on the counter. Whereas this side, it's like this team's uber attacking. If they come flying down at the Emirates, um, I don't know if if we could stop them, but uh, not necessarily if if they can stop us. But yeah, so I'm. I'm sitting here going, uh, as long as Mikel doesn't do this whole mind games and whatever it is, uh, we should be fine. And unless if um, PSV Eindhoven does not turn into some sort of weird loss, because that's the other thing about Arsenal in Europe is that you'll get some random losses to weird teams at home. Um, but yeah. Um, one thing is Spurs are going to play attacking. For sure, like there's not a chance that he's going to win. Like, but is, is that the only way you can problem. win a game? Yes. Well, for them, definitely the, the way that Ange is, that's he's going to play. He's going to play like that against City. He's going to play like that against Arsenal. He's, he's going to play like that against anyone. And that's the thing. To play that way against an Arsenal opens you up to getting absolutely battered. But at the same but time, he's not going to change the way he he's wants not to play. And I prefer that. I've played, I've played both. I've, 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 I've suffered through playing against both teams this season. And I don't think the gap is as big as Yorks are making out between those two teams. I don't think Arsenal have been that good this season. They mm. played really well against Man United for 30, 30 minutes, 15 minutes at the first, start of the first half and maybe 15 minutes at the end of the second half. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the games, you've actually been quite labored. You haven't been yeah. free-flowing and great. Um, and it's not like if Spurs come flying at you, you you will fly back at them. You've actually struggled for that attacking uh, momentum. 
and Spurs haven't. Spurs have been very good. And Arsenal, Arsenal as, as, as solid as they look in the back, have had moments where they can be opened up. Rashford showed you can mm. open Arsenal up quite quite easily. And um, bar, a, bar a few millimetres, United could have beaten Arsenal uh, playing playing on the sucker punch. And if 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 what we could do in short bursts, playing on the counter and playing on the break, Spurs could do for 10, 15, 20 minutes. I think I think Arsenal defenders might be a little bit uh, worried about that that sort of sustained pressure if 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 Spurs could bring it on. Yeah. United could only do it for 30, 30 seconds at a time, like from back to front. <laughs> if you bring if you bring sustained pressure on that back line, I think it might cause you trouble. Yes, but Wahid, you guys weren't. You guys were playing some sort of a lowish block at times. Most of the game, you were. You were not we're wanting playing a very low block. On we the went ball. there to sucker yes. punch you. The <laughs> issue that I've had with the Arsenal is that, is, is, is that we've struggled. We we struggled breaking down low blocks, which is a frustration because I'm like Mikel, You've you known that teams are going to start playing like this, right? And wanting you to play and play in front of their back four instead of trying to put stuff in behind. But if the game is stretched, like in that in that situation where um, Phil Shazu uh, sent Evans flying down the corner, um, when a team comes a little bit too far forward, um, it allows Arsenal the ability to play, and so, uh, that's why the Champions League game is quite important actually because to, to see because I know PSV is not going to be playing a low block; they're going to actually try and take the game to us. And so the question is, can they hold on to it? A previous Arsenal side would have capitulated because defensively Arsenal have have traditionally not have been strong and great. But I think now with Rice and um, with the whole Gabriel and Saliba thing happening now, um, it makes a lot of sense. The only other problem is obviously the goalkeeper situation, which Mikel is being Mikel, he's being Mikel and poor Aaron Ramsdale. If you guys want a goalkeeper, please give us 50 million and you can take Aaron Ramsdale because I don't think I don't think Aaron's coming back. See the logic <laughs> he's not coming back. <laughs> like, and that's an England international, like a 22-year-old England international. We'd be like, told, no, it's fine. Called but it, yeah, though. so called it that he's gonna make Raya number one and Ramsdale's gonna be phased out. Yeah, so. it's he's yeah, but but to a certain extent, he's doing what Mikel Pip does. Did. He's doing what Pip did. He got a goalkeeper. Yeah. Pip got a goalkeeper because he didn't like Hart, and then he didn't like that goalkeeper, so he got another goalkeeper, and he eventually settled <laughs> on Edison. And, and and he's gone from laying cones uh, for Pip to just com- com- like completely copying what Pip did. Yes, and and you hope that in a derby like this, he doesn't outpip himself by trying to be clever, because the question is obviously if you can take that 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 offensive pressure from Tottenham, and if Declan Rice can get those interceptions that he's known for, right, it's easy for you to then convert it forward, and now the guys will have space. So if you want to tell me if if I can come back next week and tell you this offense is messed up because. Tottenham gave us so much space and we couldn't score goals. That would be a problem. That's the problem I'm worried about. I'm not worried about not being able to create chances in a low block because teams don't want you to create chances. That's the whole purpose is you need to be more creative. And this team isn't creative because we send creative players away. Uh, Mikel doesn't want creative players. He told you he doesn't want Ozil. He doesn't want Pepe. He doesn't want guys who can create off a dime. That is that is a very interesting uh, discussion which you can probably have on another on another cheap seats episode yeah. because you look at Pep and he doesn't like those Maverick type of attacking Mm-mm. players. He likes robots. He's taken a Maverick in Bernardo Silva and made him a robot. 
yes, it's a different version of Bernardo Silva, an amazing version of Bernardo Silva, but you compare him to the player he was before he joined City, and exactly. it's completely different. The same as Jack Grealish. He was a maverick. He could he could change the game in an instant at Aston Villa, but he's gone there. He struggled initially because Pep was turning him into a robot. Pep doesn't like players who play on on the spur of the moment uh, yes. and, and, and with flair. And it seems like Arteta is exactly the same. Exact you same want thing. players... To play as robots, do what you do your job in the team. Play for the play for the collective rather than for a moment for yourself. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly what it is. And so, I think in this game against Spurs, you'll see the system work a lot better rather than against an Everton where. And that's where Trossard is quite is quite interesting because I've seen Trossard go off book at times. Even that goal he scored, it was slightly off book as. Normally, he wants you to, from that position, to pass the ball, not necessarily try and and and, and go for it. So for me, Trossard's an interesting player in that system, and um, to a certain extent, maybe other players are allowed to be creative, like the left-sided players or or, or Saka. But even Saka's ability to be able to be creative is within the it's bounds. Very of... different for England and for Arsenal. Saka's not. Yeah. Saka's not having a great season. Like if we be honest, Saka's not lighting it up. And there's a few He's matchups. Still getting it on, but it's an assist. But, <laughs> like, there's a few matchups in this game I'm really excited for. Destiny versus Saka, I'm very excited mm. to see what's going to happen there. I think Madison versus Odegaard is going to be interesting to see who's going to run that midfield. Why are you saying Madison, Odegaard? It's more of Madison. If Ma- Madison plays as a very advanced and it's more, it's more, it's more Madison and Rice and who comes out on top there. What I'm, the, I'm fair, the, but the midfield, I, I'm yeah. quite interested to see the midfield three versus the midfield three because I think a Basuma saw and Madison midfield three can go up against pretty much any midfield three in the league the way Ooh. that I see it. And okay. same with same on the other side. I think Poro versus Trossard is going to be very interesting. Um, Poro is a very good Trossard. player but he's a rubbish defender. Defender, yeah. He's not very, a good defender. But that's what he's I'm good saying. going rubbish forward. Defender. Yeah. Rubbish player, defender, rubbish defender. He's, like a, he's like a Trent Light. Trossard. Yeah. Trent Light. <laughs> okay. Um, Dean's uh, is if Brennan Johnson plays. I want to see Brennan Johnson play because I think that guy's going to be quality for us. I'm putting calling it now. Brennan Johnson is... Huh? Wait, you're you. telling me about the kid who couldn't be he's quality the, at watch, Forest. Watch, watch Brennan Johnson become... And you're telling me he's going to be quality at Spurs? Watch. I'm, I promise There's another you now, striker at Forest you should have gotten. He's scoring goals every game. Brennan Johnson is doing what? Mark my words now. We'll mark this day. I promise you Brennan Johnson's going to become absolute fire at Spurs. Absolute okay, fire. here we go. Brennan Johnson scores more than 15 goals this season. Oh, you can score 15 goals. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no downside for you. Brennan Johnson scores more than 15 goals, and Paul, you're wearing a Spurs shirt to the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If he does that, yeah. gladly, gladly, gladly. Okay, it's ended on a bet. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you very much. We've got Champions League games this week. There's Europa League games for those teams who are in Europa. For Dean and Cyrus, enjoy the week off. But for the rest of us, enjoy the weekend, the games in midweek, and enjoy the games on the weekend. Good luck, Dean, for the North London derby. Waheed, good luck for Burnley. You're lucky, Lal Foster's got a red playing... card. No, I'm not watching that game. It's the same time. The same time the... We're playing at the same, the same. The kickoff is the same time as the box. I'm watching the box this week. At weekend. 9 p.m. on a Saturday? Yeah. 
how so the mighty have fallen how the mighty have fallen um but yeah enjoy that good luck to the box against ireland 7-1 split please do focus on that don't focus on anything else <laughs> ireland if you want to focus uh but outside of that have a great week gents and everyone remember we're on audio as well so do check us out there as well on spotify and apple Podcasts. outside of that goodbye and sale kakakiso Thank you.